Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Dell Tuesday, and with us today is an individual out of Dallas, Texas, that I think has taken an interesting approach to retiring himself through real estate investing. And so, uh, since it is such a diversified approach, I want to get it straight from his mouth. So, welcome to the show today, Jack Hildinger. Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dell. So um, let's talk about where you came from and how you got into this. It is an interesting story, reading your story here. Also, um, it, it, it's an interesting personality type. Uh, you're not the doctor, lawyer, engineer type. You're the, no. hey, you know, I own a plant store type of guy, which is, a, I'm not putting it down, don't get me wrong, I'm just saying it's an interesting, no. you know, you did your own thing kind of person, and I always like those I did my own thing kind of persons. So tell me about yourself and maybe your wife, if she's involved in that. You know, how did you guys get together and how did you start this this uh, plant business thing? Well, we met in horticulture school at Oklahoma State University, and we both have a degree in commercial floriculture production. We should be running nurseries. That's that's what we were trained to do. But you can't make any money at that. So I became a salesman to those nurseries. And I did that for 35 years. And I made good money, worked hard, uh, made a lot of friends, did well for the family. My wife ended up owning a garden center. And um, that's where we were when we first encountered real estate. Now, uh, was that way back in 2013 or even previous to that? 2013. We had a, we had a touch with real estate um, 30 years ago, and it was a disaster, and it was, it was bad, and I don't even want to talk about that unless you do. But it involved pit bulls and tenants and police reports, and it was a disaster. So we, we <laughs> stayed away from real estate investing for... 30 years, 25 years. Yeah, taxes, tenants, toilets, and pit bulls. There you go. Um, That's right. <laughs> moving on. We don't need to go there. Everybody's got that story right. uh, until they learn how to do it right. So let's talk about uh, what brought you back to us. What, what made you decide? I mean, there you are. You've got your business, her business. you got your job, and you're doing well. What made you decide to go ahead and make that first move? And I think the first move was turning your personal residence into a rental, was it not? Or am I getting that wrong? Well, the first that was our second move. Our first move was to sell the personal residence that we lived in for 17 years, which had a lot of equity. And we, um, we bought a smaller house. We downsized. And then a year later, two years later, we turned that second residence into a rental. So we kind of did a two-step move because we were all in. Well, that's interesting. Now, share with me why you use the personal residence hopping approach. I, I knew that was in there somewhere. We were looking for capital, Dell. We, we wanted to invest more money faster than we could attain it. 
and um, we so we were we, we didn't know the lifestyles model. We didn't know about um, hard money and 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 that two step approach to buying a really beat down property and, and rehabbing it and then refinancing the capital out. So we didn't have that knowledge. That's one of the things we learned when we came to lifestyles. So we had to come up with 25 and then later 20% down on each property we bought, and that was the headwind. So we were looking for capital. I made a lot of money. My wife made a lot of money. But, um, you know, that was, that, was, that was a tough way to, to finance property acquisitions. So when you decided to go through the personal residence approach, did you use the personal residence financing to get you lower down payments as a, as opposed to the other kind? In other words, 5% down on a loan as a personal residence compared to the 20, 25%. Did you use that? We did not. At that, at that point, we did not because we weren't sophisticated enough to know that. In fact, when we sold our, our first primary residence, we had to move fast because property was desirable and it sold and we had to come up with a place to live so we ended up buying a house cash and then one year later we financed out um and and took all our capital out of it and that's why if you look at the at the timeline that's why 2015 is empty of investment we were we were waiting to move okay and, and get our capital out uh you've got in here all over there adu what does that stand yes. for that's, that is the city's designation for what we would call a mother-in-law suite. It's called an auxiliary dwelling unit. It's a code-compliant way of the city allowing affordable housing to be created in the city. So if your zoning allows for an ADU, you can get a permit, and we do, and you can build or remodel an auxiliary dwelling unit and create a second rental unit on the same property. So did, uh, is that, you did that to one of the houses you were living in? No, we did that first to our, our, uh, our first acquisition had a uh, two and a half car detached garage. And in 2014, that became a two bedroom apartment that rented for in those days, $1,100. And then suddenly we had a two-bedroom apartment that added on to the cash flow. Now, was this all in Dallas? This is in Denton, the city of Denton. But these codes are are um, widespread. This this is a um, this is a code that Denton did not give birth to. They they adopted it. It's an international code that allows this to be done. All right. So that got you. You were at how many units at that point? At that point, at the point where we refinanced out of our second personal house, at that point we had one, two, three, four, we had five units at that point. Okay. And two of them were ADUs. So 2016 added six doors, four plus two ADUs. What was that? We bought four properties and we built two ADUs in association with those properties. One of them is a uh, two-bedroom apartment over a three-car garage, and one of them is a um, um, it's a uh, single bedroom apartment in the backyard that was previously a woodworking shop. 
and we we remodeled it and made it a, a wonderful, beautiful, nice apartment. So did that bring you then, is that four plus two is six, and then you had the five before, is that 11? Yes, and, and by the and then we added two more and two more. We ultimately ended up with 14 doors of single-family rentals, including the ADUs. Okay, 14 total single-family. Now, um, that shows all that going on through 2018. Is that right? Correct. All right, so 2013, 2018, you, you were approaching this for five years in this manner of what I would call um, slow, progressive growth. When did you run into Correct. Lifestyles Unlimited? Well, I had been listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited show prior to buying my first property, but I, I just didn't, you know, I'm like everyone else. I hear it, and I listen, and I absorb it, and I didn't believe. I, didn't, I, I just didn't have the time in my personal life to step out. And then in, in uh, 2015, I began calling in and talking to the host of the show at that time. And and I talked to my wife. I said, "We've got to go down there, and we've got to uh, we've got to join with these people because they can teach us things that we don't know, and we need to know those things." And so in 2016, we went down and we we um, we joined did the financial freedom program and met David Fisher, and he turned on a lot of light bulbs for us. Jack has uh, started his real estate venture off on his own, working through the system as best he could with his own ideas and listening to ideas on the radio and probably looking stuff up on the internet and stuff. And then he decided to finally step into lifestyles and take some classes. So Jack, when you came to the two day, what I'm interested in hearing is, all right, you've already got a lot of experience under your belt. You got 11 units, I think, or something at that time. What did you hear that changed everything? I mean, you know, there's always... Whenever there's growth, there's that aha moment. You go, that's the piece or pieces that was missing. What did, what did you get out of this thing? The first thing that struck me was the concept of return on net worth. I had, I had calculated uh, my net worth on a, on, a, on a financial report for the bank for lending, but, but I didn't see that as a metric so I could evaluate my performance overall. And David presented the concept of return on net worth. And when I, when I calculated, I said, hey, I'm doing pretty good at this, but maybe that's something I should be measuring every month, every quarter, and see how we're doing. And then how can I, how can I work to improve that return? Because that's what's going to make a guy wealthy, is the return on your net worth. The money you make on your money when you're when you're sleeping essentially when those wheels started spinning around that concept what did you see as changes you could make that would improve that metric well the first thing we did is we along with the tools that we've learned from lifestyles is we began doing our own tenant screening and and bring in our own tenants in. We had previously relied on a realtor to do that. Now, he wasn't managing the property, but he was bringing in all our tenants, and we were paying a commission on that. And But it, but it created a barrier. It created a lack of knowledge of, of what was coming into our properties, and it was a lack of control. So the screening tools that uh, David was able to present to us gave us the confidence to take that on ourselves. Did it add 
dollars to the bottom line, yes, but it really gave us a different grade of, of tenant, a different grade of, you know, we almost consider them a client. And so that, that really changed our life as far as the, uh, the work on properties and the, 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 uh, the workflow and the, and the quality of who stayed and who we didn't let stay. It was a, it was a big change. Those, I would those be willing things. to say that was the number one reason I became massively successful in real estate to start with was because I had started out managing a finance company as a young kid. So my whole thing was about screening people, about whether you should let them have, you know, let them have access to your asset or not, you know? So that's a good point. What right. else did you pick up or did your wife pick up? What, what other things did you walk away going like, okay, wow, you know, there's one I didn't think of. Well, you know, David David has the concept of the purple Martian, the guy that shows up with uh, cash. He's like, hey, I'll pay the deposit. I need to move right now. Pay the deposit in three months of rent. I mean, that, before we'd, we'd been presented those type of tenants through a realtor, and we had taken one or two. They never turned out to be a good thing. Now we understood why. Okay, that's, so that's that was a good a, That was a big deal. You know why I call them purple Martians? Because what? that's about the only thing that won't get you sued. You know, just, <laughs> okay. just no other way to just, you know, how do you describe them? And the second reason is because they come in all shapes and sizes and colors and religions and nationalities and sexes and, and you know, marital relationships and everything else. There's just you a bet. set of people out there that, you know, go, you know, the way this person treated me in this transaction, they cannot be from Earth. They just they have no moral character. Right. No social graces whatsoever. They just cannot have been brought up on this earth. They have to be brought up somewhere else. And that's where the term. We really didn't care about the uh, the credit score. We cared about the credit history and how they treated the people they owed money to, because we assumed we expected they would treat us the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I always call it the bad landlord disease. Yeah, my last yeah. landlord, the reason I didn't pay him because he was this and he was that. And I said, oh, man, that's terrible. So what do you mean? I said, well, that means you've got the disease. What disease is that? Bad landlord disease. And I hear that's contagious. <laughs> I don't want to catch it. I don't want to catch it. So sorry. I can't take you on. Oh, that's all good old stuff to me, man. I love that. So here you are. You, you've worked through this. You've got some new ideas. And all these ideas seem to be about what you're already doing. Were there any new ideas that made you think maybe we should change our approach? Well, we had we had focused primarily on cash flow. We expected there would be appreciation over the years, and we knew that we were paying down our mortgage, but we didn't have much um, concept of capturing equity on purchase. We we didn't um, we just didn't understand that. We did understand the tax advantage, but we had maybe three and a half of the five ways of making money on single family that we were pretty good at. And and now we do five, and it's a it's a much more um, much more successful model. So that's going to elevate your speed of growth, correct? Yes, yes. So let's talk about what you did from that period of time, because now you're talking about 2018 to 2020 before COVID hit. That's two more years. What did you accomplish between 2018 and 2020? We decided that we should take a step back from this active, aggressive management, rehabilitation, um, acquisition style, and we should take a second look at the multifamily. The, the multifamily had kind of 
not appealed to us. We we just didn't feel comfortable with it. You know, whatever you want to say, fill in the blank. We didn't we didn't we didn't like the idea of it. We weren't comfortable with the idea of it. And yet, as we met more and more people, we got acquaintances and friends, deep, close friends with the lifestyle folks that were involved in passive investing and even lead investing. And we saw that that wasn't that was a business model we should be involved with. And so in, in 2019, we sold that house that we had purchased, lived in and rented. We sold that house and we took that money we were, and we invested it in multifamily. We joined the preferred group, invested in multifamily, and then I had a heart attack. Mm. And that just confirmed we were on the right path. We needed to ease up and change our life and live the lifestyle. And that's where we've been headed ever since. Yeah. Now, that was uh, in 2019 or 2020 you had the heart attack? That was April of 2020. We were in two multifamily deals with the money from selling that single family. We joined in maybe um, the preferred group in maybe November, December of 2019. And then it took us a while to get into a couple of deals. Then I had the heart attack. So I lost 45 pounds and changed my life, changed my eating, worked out. Let's let's get to that after the break. We're going to take a short break. Be right back with Jack Hildinger and Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's going to crash. It's going to be better next year. It's, I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me all the time. You know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here on Tell Dell Tuesday is uh, Jack Hildinger. Let's talk now about that that heart attack, okay? Because you, you've worked your way up to this point. You, you're really starting to, to get the swing of this real estate investing. And then something like the heart attack comes along and, you know, you, I could tell you you were ready to give me all your your physical fitness gains that came after yeah. that, and I wanted to get to those. I just had them pegged for later in the show. But if you want to sure. go there right now, we'll go there right now. But before you go to those, let's go to the why. The why, if there's enough why, how is easy, right? So yes, absolutely. What what, what did that heart attack mean to you and your wife 
and your family and your, you know, your, your business and your investments? Well, I was 60 years old. It meant that everything we were building towards potentially was not possible. It, 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 it was just, uh, it was like the draining of my purpose. It, it, it frightened her. It, it spooked me. Um, and it was, this was in the, the middle of COVID. The doctor told me, the cardiologist told me, if you, if you catch COVID, you will die. You have every, every single comorbidity that's available. You have it. COVID's going to kill you. I don't want you to go out of your house for six weeks when you go home. Then you find a way to get food to show up in your driveway. So I walked from window to window like a caged tiger. Gave you a lot of time to think. Yes, it did. And a lot of time to work out and a lot of time to eat right and a lot of time to read about eating right and find people that were successful and emulate them as a mentor. And so I lost 45 pounds. My total cholesterol is double digits now, 74. My resting heart rate's 58. My type 2 diabetes is in remission. I wear a 29-inch waistband. That was like the ninth grade for me, Dale. Yeah, no doubt. How tall are you? Uh, 5'7". And what do you weigh? 150 pounds. All right, there you go. That is like high school weight. You could be on the wrestling team again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we got... we did all that. In fact, by the way, just to, just for your own knowledge, that I don't know if you heard this on the radio or not, but I was going through the same thing at the same time. I had just gained 40 or 50 pounds to be to go get in a bodybuilding contest with my daughter, and then all of a sudden COVID came, and I said, whoa, <laughs> I've got every COVID. I've got the same thing you said. Everything that could be wrong with me was wrong with me. And so I lost 40 pounds that same period right then and there. I said, you know, it just had to come off. point I'm making here is that, hey, here's two guys that – we're in this world that had the same problem. We were the people that COVID was going to kill, and we just both made a decision not to let it happen. You had had a heart yeah. attack. I had had cancer, you know, and, and yet here we are today. So that says something about the ability to make choices in life, does it not? It does. We can make choices that change our future. And some people don't, and that's really the, the here and the now of it, you know, this some people want everybody else to solve the problems for them, and other people just solve the problems. So you got yourself back in shape. Let's talk about now what that did with your investment theory. Did it change your investment theories at all? Yes, it, it made me realize that I don't want to have to depend on my health, although I was going to control what I could regarding my health. But what if I couldn't work? What if I couldn't function? Um, how was that going to affect my income, my ability to provide for my family? So we deci- we had started into the multifamily. We decided to accelerate that, but we also bought a um, a place to go. We've been looking at the concept of owning a beach house. Someday when we make enough money, someday when we get there, wherever there is, we didn't have an idea yet. And so we aggressively pursued, and we found a wonderful beach house, and we purchased it in September of 2020. And honestly, that beach house represents the the cash that we would have put in two deals. 
And I, re- I recognize that, but it's been worth it. We spent 146 days there last year. Where's the beach house at? It was, it's, it's on the San Luis Pass. It's front row, and it's on the San Luis Pass. You can look across the, the inlet, and you can see Galveston, but we're on the next island down, which is Follett's Island. That's a gorgeous place. So now you're stepping into the concept of it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. What does the quality of lifestyle really mean to you? So that it's no longer the chase of the money, right? Yes. It's it's now, you know, the life. So let's let's frame this thing a little bit for people. Because I got to the point where I decided I wanted to spend a lot of money because I had too much money. So I decided to find something to do, and I bought motorhomes and and or looked to buy motorhomes looked to buying boats looked to buying yachts da, 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 you name it right planes you and uh, i finally came to the conclusion all that stuff was a pain in the butt that everything you own you have to take care of and then i came upon yeah. the idea of buying myself a mansion to live in and then waking up every single day in a mansion looking at beauty is the greatest thing i've ever done for myself in life where yeah. you live where you wake up every day is, in my mind, the most important thing in your life. What do you say? That's very well spoken. We're, we're on the front row. We, we see the sunrise over the deck where we have coffee every morning. And my neighbor across the street said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to fill your phone with sunrise pictures. And then you're going to want a bigger phone because you won't want to delete any of them. And he was right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Mine is dog pictures. <laughs> Once you fall in love with something, man, it's just, it's amazing how you get. It, what I'm trying to equate to people out there that are listening to this is you pick your pick your spoils, right? Like, uh, right. I'm, in, I'm into music. Well, I know guys that have, would kill to have the music equipment I have and I can't even play. But, you know, I have trains. I know people would kill to have the trains I have. They're train freaks. I have uh, tools. I have, you know, a shop. And, and the point I'm making is it's all of whatever it is it is. It's like now I got dogs this year. So now whatever it is you're into, my wife's got a grandkid on the way. She's just in, into that. That's what life really is. It's these little pieces of doing something and having something and, living life that really makes it important, doesn't it? It does. It does. Every every day is a blessing, and every day that you can do what you want to do, what makes you happy, where you want to be made happy, is a blessing. So you diverted a little money and you took that step, and everybody out there, we I recommend that you take and take take heed from this conversation between Jack and myself. I two or three different places in my life, took a moment out and went and did something that was for me. And it's always been a great experience. When you get done with that, though, or when you've got that, now you've got that house, now you've got that beach house, now you've got that car you want, whatever it is you want, where does the mentality go next? Where did your mentality go for investing after you took a little money out? What are you doing now? It was time to sell another house and invest more in multifamily. So we did that in late 2021. We sold another single-family property, and we invested that money in multifamily. And then this year, we've sold yet another single-family property, and we're investing that. I'm halfway there, 
we we netted two hundred thousand dollars on that sale. I've got a hundred thousand that's been moved into multifamily, and I'm looking for deals for the other hundred thousand. So, we're 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 right back on that path, but we're we're uh, I guess uh, in ten days we're going down to the beach for ten days. So um, I did a radio show. Um, it was about the you know the family office and the concept that yes. we throw around here of hey you get to that point where all you really do at the end is move money around and try to keep yes. that money you know invested the best you possibly can you're now entering that phase of your investing career do you see that we are we see that we have picked up that phrase from your training and from your conversations and and your podcasts and that's the way we look at it but our our family office seems to uh, seems to be everywhere we go with lifestyle folks we all speak the same language we're speaking that family office language and it's a it's a blessing to be able to to uh, have that interaction with other passive and lead investors with lifestyles with me here today on tell dell tuesday is jack hildinger out of dallas texas and we've been following along in his story jack we're at the point now where we're going to talk about what's next what's the future hold for your family well more multifamily investing and as the multifamily portion of our assets and wealth grows it will supplant the single family and we will transition out of the single family and we expect to be pretty much 100% multifamily in uh, three, four years. And uh, what are the long-term goals? The long-term goal is to have enough income that we can do what we want, where we want, how we want, and that we can then teach our children I've got I've got some great kids, man. My son's a CPA, and he's got a couple rental properties. And my daughter's a veterinarian, and she's married to a chemical engineer. They make a lot of money, but they are grinding themselves up. And so, we're we're hoping to bring them along for the ride so that they can learn this money concept, this concept of making money from your money through real estate before they get old and broken down like we are. So uh, would you consider that your give back, or do you have some other ideas of how you're going to fulfill the give back need that we all have? Oh, I'm, I will do and have done <clears throat> things with lifestyles. Um, I've, I encourage people. My give back is to tell people, yeah, you can do it. It's informal at this point. I haven't, you know, I haven't done anything also, I guess I've done a couple radio shows before. I've done a case study. Um, I think someday maybe I'll do a case study for multifamily. But uh, I, I don't necessarily I, – I don't have any interest in being a lead. But, uh, I, you know, I want to do things that help other people achieve what I've achieved. Got a couple friends I'm working on to get them the lifestyles. Let's ask this question because I haven't heard anything at all even – close to this so let's just throw it out there and see if it comes up was there anybody in your family your friends your work acquaintances that thought you were a little cuckoo for doing all this everybody except my dad my dad who who passed away in uh, 
late 2021, actually late 2020, he was really proud that everyone else in my world thought I was nuts. I still get calls from friends in the industry. Are you happy? Are you making any money? Are you doing okay? And one guy offered to loan me some money if I needed it. I, <laughs> I no longer get <laughs> yeah. I no longer get calls for jobs because I basically uh, I I closed my LinkedIn account and I uh, I don't respond to headhunters anymore. Um, I had a friend that tried to hire me and I said, "Look, man, I'm I'm unemployable." That's amazing. I'm a better friend than I am employee. Well, you know, there's a question out there that the whole world's waiting to ask. You know, okay. the, uh, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens kind of question. Yes. Yes. How nicely landscaped are your homes? <laughs> the rental properties are not the way I would like the tenants to take care of them because they don't want to water. So that's sad. But my personal home is lovely because I don't care how much water I spend. And we have we have collectible plants in some of our flower beds that you can't buy. Wow. They're not available. They were available years ago, maybe. Maybe they were a trial that came out, and we liked them, but the industry didn't like them. So we have a lot of plants that you just simply couldn't buy. It's kind of cool. So uh, just to relate with you, um, one of my many, many hobbies is my two-and-a-half-acre yard, who okay. uh, of which, if you come to see it, uh, you might get in on the party I have coming up. I don't know. But if you come to see it, you'll see that um, I've, I've replanted it two or three times since I've been here for 10 years. But the, the last planting was officially a we went to the European um, English garden type look for the whole thing yeah. because everything froze multiple times here. You know, you say you can't freeze yeah. and you know, yeah, they can. And I had a tropical gar- tropical arena of plants and then. It wiped them out two times, and I said, "That's it. I'm done with that." So we went to this new way. But just, I have to say that the the picking of plants and the arranging of plants and the joy of watching them grow and bloom and isn't that wonderful? It's just uh, you go. How can a big tough guy like you, Dell? You know, big weightlifter, powerlifter, bodybuilder, boxer, care about flowers? Go because I just don't. It's just something about them, man. They just. They really bring a warmness to your heart. It's amazing. The nice thing about flowers is they make you slow down. They, they, you know, a dog is going to go play with you, right? But the flower, it, it makes you slow down to appreciate it. And if you will, it'll change you inside. Yeah, it really does. It's like I said, I can't, I can't reiterate enough the that the one best thing that I ever bought was to have where, and I've only had two mansions so far. This is the second one. My wife's trying to get me to buy a third one, but is to live in that quality of lifestyle to where every single day it's a quality. You know, you can have a, a boat, but you don't hardly ever go out there. You can have a plane, you very, very free fly it, you know, uh, whatever, motorhome, you don't go that often, whatever. But you get up to your house every single day, so it's beautiful. Well, I really appreciate having you on and uh, really look forward to uh, you getting all the way through this. I'm really glad to see that you made it through the heart attack thing and that you're 
you're yeah. back on your feet. What are your goals physically now? Well, physically, I want to. I, I think I'd like to lose another ten pounds, but my wife says I'm crazy, so I know I'm on the right track. I, I think if I lost another ten pounds, I would be lean, and uh, I'm I'm thin, but I'd like to be lean. All right. Well, we'll have to leave with that because we've got to lean this show out. Remember always, not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a great day. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.